it's an all-new episode of the Loftus Party Podcast. Holy guacamole. We got a big one. We got a big one, and it's a little different. A little different this week. Uh, Gimlet is taking a knee. Gimlet is out on some kind of secret mission somewhere, uh, which, you know what? I'll probably ask her about it next week, but you know what? I'm really not interested. (laughs) You know what? Uh, Okay, forget about it. We have got, she's probably out doing fantastic Mother's Day stuff. We're going to do a a Mother's Day special, a What's on the Web special. We've got Paul Hare with us here for the entire broadcast. I'm pretty stoked about this one. Paul, how you doing, buddy? Michael, if it's called a broadcast, does that mean it's a bunch of women casting? Is that what it is? (laughs) Yes. In 1932. Wait, what is this, Dame? Is this a broadcast? Yes. (laughs) It's a a broadcast for Mother's Day. Uh, This Mother's Day, we're taking you back to the 1940s for some legs, some gams. Look at those stems. Okay. um, So here's what happens. It's like we started doing that segment, What's on the Web with Paul? And we always run out of time. So I'm like, let's do, we got, the, we got the Gimlet out doing something fantastic. I was, I was kidding earlier. Uh, and so we're, we're running the show today. We're all over the place. There's some stuff that I definitely want to talk about that I think is, that we have to in terms of, you know, politics and blah, blah, blah. But for the most part, it's going to be a what's on the web spectacular free form. And I'm just going to start it off. Uh, before we get to, I got some stuff that's, dude, I'll tell you right now, <laughs> I was so angry yesterday, Uh-oh. managed to get past it last night. I vented bigly on Facebook over this thing, got past it, improved my mood. And then this Good. morning, this morning, it's like my panties started to retwist and I started Uh-oh. to get upset about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh. It's if you don't know what I'm talking about, you guys probably do because I imagine the people who dig the podcast are also watching the the Loftus Party Facebook page, which you should be. <laughs> we need we we need your help. It's uh it's crazy. So if you don't know what happened, Paul, here's the here's the quick rundown. Here's the quick rundown. And now just to set the stage for this, and I'm, I'm not going to go off on a rant. I swear, I swear, I swear, I'm not going to do it. So to set the stage for this, before the 2020 election. Uh, the the Loftus Party Facebook page. We were we were on about six million screens. You know they have the analytics, and you can see this is how many times your content, the content that you're creating on on Facebook and yada yada. This has gone out to like six million screens. No, there's number. definitely not. It is a very big number. And then I posted an article from uh, the Daily Wire. That was uh, about an arsonist in Cal- the California fires were going full tilt boogie. The California fires that respected borders, by the way, the California <laughs> fires that didn't go to Mexico, the, the California fires that didn't go up to Washington, that kind of thing. So uh, in California, they had arrested an arsonist uh, and they think he was responsible for like three of the fires. They arrested him, and then they had that no, that new thing where, hey, don't let, bail's not an issue. We're just going to let you right out. They think he sat, he did six more. They suspected <laughs> him of six more. So I thought, okay. So I posted that article, and then it got flagged for uh, by some kind of fact checker. They they claimed that I, by posting that article, I was implying 
that arson was the reason for all the fires and that climate change had nothing to do with it, that I was a climate change <laughs> denier. So they uh, cranked down the reach of the page, like uh, just like right before the election in, in, the, in the, the month and a half leading up to the election. So they cranked me way down. So that's the kind of thing that they're fact checking. Then, uh, then uh, a couple like a, a month and a half ago. When there was that craziness going on with Dr. Seuss and Joe Biden, there was a, a cartoon meme where it said, you know, Trump killed ISIS and Biden killed Dr. Seuss. Got flagged for that. Got flagged for that. By implying uh, by implying that Joe Biden had literally killed Dr. Seuss. So that's the kind of thing they're they're fact checking. Okay. So there that's that's where we are. That's that's the kind of thing they're fact checking on Facebook. Two days ago, I get a, a, a message from on, on Facebook from a friend of mine, a, a fan, and someone who follows the Loftus Party. They go, hey, just so you know, there's a Facebook account impersonating you. And I'm like, whoa, that's that's great. It's the second time this has happened. So I'm like, whoa, do me a favor, report it, would you? Yeah. And then another person, you know, hey, there's a Facebook account. Hey, do me a favor, report it. So I got an email from Facebook. We, we, we received a report. That someone is uh, impersonating you, we're going to look into it. And I'm like, there you go. That's very fast. <laughs> of all the, there's billions of people on Facebook. I'm like, wow, they're very fast. I looked at the account. It's a picture of me. It's a picture of me. And it's the, the name is Michael Loftus. And the scam is uh, he comments on one of, of, on one of the posts that the Loftus party has made or that I've made. And he goes, hey, thanks for sharing. Thanks for sharing my post. <laughs> I'm, I'm running a con. So the guy is using a picture of me, using uh, my name, and saying thanks for sharing my post. On a, on, he's running a contest for the people who share. You could win $500. You could win up to $1,000, yada, yada, yada. So I'm pretty pissed off. Facebook writes me back. Uh, oh my gosh! I'll have. Who? This is this is exciting. I'll have the exact, the exact wording, because I <laughs> I took a screen grab of it. It is so. Um, hi, Michael. This is the Facebook email. Hi, Michael. We reviewed the profile your friend reported and found it isn't pretending to be you and doesn't go against our community standards. <laughs> isn't pretending to be me. I lost my mind. I lost my mind. And so I went on Facebook and I put up, you know, hey, not safe for work because I, I was just letting the expletives fly. <laughs> so they can they will fact check a, a, a meme about Dr. Seuss, which pictures the cat in the hat and all that. They'll, they will fact check that. But someone who's using my name and my likeness and posting as if they posted the comment that that person. No, they're not pretending to be me. They're not <laughs> pretending to be me. So I think there is something more uh, – who knows if there's something more nefarious at play. But uh, someone had the, the the thought that they – I guess this happens to Dan Bongino a lot. It happens to a lot of people on the right. And Facebook lets these things go, and then they, and then they, they add up, and then they, they multiply, and then Facebook then takes down all of the, the profiles – so all the Michael Loftus, like my account will go down and the scammers will go down and then they'll just go, oh, oopsie, that was a mistake. Sorry. 
<laughs> However, I'll be. I don't, why the hell are you laughing at that? How is that funny? We're making it big time now. That's that's what someone else said. Was like, hey, it's like you're uh, you're you're in the big time, but I don't want my account to get taken down and then have to go through some kind of hassle to rebuild from ground zero. And it's just it's it's the first time. And I guess this is what offends me so bad is that it's just so blatant. It's just so blatant. They can have fact checkers doing the most minute detail, but like a blatant attempt of identity theft and running a scam, they just look the other way. And and not, not only do they, they look the other way, they condone it. Eh, he's not pretending to be you. I'm getting mad again. So anyway, uh, the good news is I am having uh, a dinner tonight, and I had a wonderful meeting last night with some people who are way more connected than I am. And Facebook just has no idea. Like, this isn't petty uh, on my half behalf, but I'm 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 literally I, I am talking to people in Congress, and uh, I'm going to be talking to. Some people who are very close to a former president of the United States. And I am aggressively, aggressively going to encourage anyone who will listen in Congress with, with more power that I have to go after Facebook. And just that's going to be that's going to be like my my number one issue, my number one issue. Whoever it's like that. It's like it's like Dune, you know, whoever whoever controls the spice controls the universe <laughs> whoever controls facebook controls the controls politics so that's what's going on there i'm trying to i'm trying to lighten up today i'm trying to lighten up today it's just bleak out here dude it's like cold it's gray it's kind of rainy so whatever i gotta get fired up i gotta get fired up what is rocking your boat what's got you go what's got you fired up excited just stoked to be alive today well first of all i know what you've gone through with facebook facebook years you know it's been years now they locked me out of my account and wanted me to send all sorts of id out of my page to mm -hmm. prove it was me and once that happened i just left facebook i mean if you can't laugh at it at this point what are you going to do because i mean the president of the united states isn't allowed on facebook being trump so right. i mean it's this has been this is the story of my life as far as you know just everything is against you. Didn't you I have did the same problem? You've had the same problem with YouTube. You've had people putting up your your videos of you doing stand up comedy and YouTube won't take it down. It's a matter of what are you going to do at this point. And we've tried telling people, hey, we need to make our own platforms. Nobody does it. Nobody goes over there. Nobody goes to the other platforms. Nobody does it. So there's really not a whole lot you can do. I mean, if you can talk to people and they can do something, great. But as far as Congress or the government doing something, I'm not. I'm not holding my breath that they're going to do anything. Well, I here's the here's there's that echo. Do you hear that? I do not have an echo on my end. Ooh, very exciting! Very exciting! It's now I'm like, it's like I'm in uh, a bit of a, a a cavern. Ooh, it went away. I'm back out of the cave. Um, you know what? It is. It is a little daunting. It is a little daunting, and Congress definitely has, you know, reasons to to drag their feet on it, and the money of big tech, and and blah 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 blah. I just can't go quietly into that long good night, because that's what it, it's 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 um it's a propaganda machine. Now here's the upside 
to the Trump thing. And I did a video on this, and I think I didn't title the video correctly or I didn't show the uh, the amount of outrage. The upside to the the Facebook grand high council ruling, which that I was making fun of that, and I think I was a little in front of to me, that that whole thing is ridiculous. To me, that whole thing is ridiculous. Like the Facebook, it thinks so highly of themselves that they're like, we need to reach a decision on what to do with Donald Trump. So <laughs> we're going to convene a Facebook council of the grand high. Like, what is that? So who, who's on the council? And what what do they have any like power? What are we talking about? What are we? What the, what are this like? It's like a joke. It's like you can't do this yourself. You can't figure this crap out yourself. So it's all like a big propaganda PR thing, and and like I likened it to the 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 guardians from Green Lantern, those big headed people who lived on planet Ao or whatever or Oa. <laughs> so uh, the Grand High uh, Facebook Council reached this conclusion that they said to Facebook, "Your rules are really." there's just too much wiggle room in your rules. Your rules are not specific at all. So what we want you to do, Facebook, you need to look at your rules, make them more specific, and also you need to make the punishment more specific. You need to let people know where they stand. So to me, that was the the good news in all of it. Because Facebook's rules and like Fake news, misleading news. Misleading is the horrible. And YouTube has some horrible, horrible ones. If you want to advertise on YouTube, they have, you have to go down this checklist. Are you talking about uh, sex stuff? Are you using dirty words? Are there kids? Is there drug use? Are there guns? And the very last one is like, is there anything that a viewer might find unsettling? And that's the one that's like, that's the big that's the murky one right there. Unsettling. Everything's unsettling. Everything. Somebody, I could do a video about ceiling fans. I guarantee you somebody is paranoid about ceiling fans and they're going to find it unsettling. So that's just that's just carte blanche to kick out to kick off whoever you want. So I think that point was I think it was I think it was missed on a lot of people. I think a lot of conservatives are like you do a video about, you know, Trump continued to be banned from Facebook for another six months. And if the video doesn't start with outrage immediately, they're like, okay, this guy sucks. This guy sucks. He's not pissed off enough. (laughs) So that's where I was. That's where I was. I'm actually, but let's say it's once again, it's like the Facebook grand high council. What, what the hell do they have any legal power? Like to me, the whole thing seems ridiculous unless Six six months from now, uh, Facebook makes the uh, necessary changes. Here's the other change that I want to see made, and then I'm going to talk to uh, people with more power than I. There has to be a way to get a hold of a human being. I think this should be a, a, a rule for uh, – maybe this is very you know unconservative of me, but can you – run a business in America without having any kind of customer service? Yes. I, I mean, think we should have a rule where you cannot. That that's a whole that's a whole different podcast because I could go off on what it is. America is not the America that was founded anymore. You used to be able to hang a, a sign out your front door and go into business. You can't do that anymore. Everything's regulated. And the people that made it big, these billionaires like Zuckerberg and Gates, they started out by no college degrees, 
and just convincing somebody to, to hire them when there was no reason for them to hire them. And then once they make a big, they get in bed with the government and put all these regulations and laws in place to make it so that people who are like they were can't do what they did. So that's a whole nother. I mean, if you want me to go off on businesses now and how businesses run in America, I mean, I could sit here and talk to you for hours about that. Mm. So, I mean, but I'm proposing this. I'm proposing this, that if you have a business, it's like, check this out on Facebook. Facebook does it because like uh, the, the Loftus party, the Facebook page uh, is technically like a business account. And they're constantly verify your business account because your, your business has to have a phone number. You cannot leave this field blank. You cannot leave this field blank. You must provide a phone number. So that's their role. But like if, if something goes wrong on Facebook, you have no recourse, like zero. Exactly. The, I'm in this. Exactly. So I think I'm, I'm what I'm proposing is like this is the this if you have like a mom, a mom and pop pizza shop. If, if your pizza's wrong, you, you, there's a phone number that you call. There's a there's a place you can email and get a response. There is no customer service for Facebook, and if there is, it's so buried you cannot find it. You've got I've I have looked. It's like looking for water in the desert, bro. Yeah, there is nothing there. So maybe I would I would do that as a rule. Yeah, I mean, the, the great suggestion. If you can do that, I'll, I'm hundreds of percent behind you. Hope you can get it. I hope you can you can work with the people you know and you get and make these changes. That would be great if you can. It would be it would be fantastic. Do you know you can get a hold of people at Google? Google no. even has it. Oh, you got to go through so many hoops. Yeah, okay. So many hoops. Yeah, there was a a fantastic person who was ha- helping me out when I was first diving into advertising the YouTube channel on YouTube. And there is a process. And you had to, you have to call this number, and they ask you what you're doing, and then you have to call this number, which is a person in Colorado, and then they you have to call this person. It's a person in the Philippines. It was a day. It was a day of effort, and then finally you reach the person that you're supposed to talk to, and they're like, "Yeah, I'm going on vacation. I'll be <laughs> back in like two weeks." Uh, and it's just, it's insane. It's insane. Holy smoke. Okay, so here's what's coming up. This seems like a, a great natural break. The next, we're going to take we're gonna take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit about Mother's Day. You know, got to do that. We have, I have thoughts. I'm sure you have thoughts. Uh, talk a little bit about the tour that I'm planning for, for this summer. Good. And we got to, when we got to talk about what's on the web, we might do two solid segments of what, what's on the web. And then, of course... Paul and I are going to be uh, doing the extra segment on Patreon. And before we go to commercial, I got a little commercial of our own. This is kind of cool. So one of the things that you get on Patreon, you go on Patreon. Yes, you get some sweet. You get a sweet, sweet uh, T-shirt. You're also going to get the extra podcast segment every week. That is pretty flippin' dope, as the kids say. And you're also going to get, and this is just for the next couple of weeks, for as long as, as you want to do this, Paul. Paul, you've got a you've got a, a a book that you've written, Thor versus the Valkyries. We we have a little ad up for it on the the website. It's available at Amazon and all this stuff. But you're so cool that we're gonna got, we're gonna put it up at the Patreon account. Yeah, so all the Patreon subscribers can download it. It's a short story, only about fourteen pages or so. That is a short one. 
if you're a Patreon subscriber, you're going to get it for free. We'll leave it up there for a few weeks. It's just be a PDF and PDF format. It's got everything there that you would find in a normal book. It's just electronic, and you can get that uh-huh. for free. So it's an, it's another another reason to sign up for Patreon. And I'm happy to hear. Yeah, I'm happy to hear you say it's got all the things you find in a normal book. <laughs> <laughs> Great right. cover. You see the cover. I mean, you'll you'll see the cover if you have it. The cover is excellent. And it absolutely is. All right, so we're gonna take a break, and we're gonna be right back. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5000 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5000. Enjoy! We're back. We're better than ever. I'm kind of digging it. That was a that first segment. I had to get that off my chest. I don't know how long I'm going to need to get this off my chest. This whole Facebook thing, but just a little insight into yours truly. It's this kind of thing that like truly just fires me up and helps me jump out of bed and my feet hit the floor. And here we go. Here's what we're doing today. So I want to thank everyone who's uh, listening to the podcast. And who enjoys the content at the Loftus Party Facebook and the LoftusParty.com. Thank you guys so much for sharing. It's the only way we're going to beat the algorithm. And the, the, the people at Facebook and the people at Big Tech and YouTube and all of them. The only way we're going to do it is like continue to share. And listen, if you don't, if you don't want to share, don't do it. However, when you comment, when, oh my lord, when you comment on a post and when you share a post... We, uh, we, that's how we get more people. When we get more people. That's how our voice gets louder and our voice gets louder. That's how you make change. That's all I'm talking about. Okay. So we're going to knock out some stuff about Mother's Day. We're going to talk about Mother's Day just for a little bit. And then we're going to do like an extended, uh, what's on the web. Cause there's so much great stuff. And the, the timing for this show is perfect. Cause there's so much great stuff that we need to talk about. But first of all, uh, Mother's Day, this is a, it's a weird one for me. It's a weird one for me. My mom uh, passed away last December, so I'm still going through that thing. I would talk to my mom every week. I would talk. I was as I'm. I'm that guy. I'm that guy. Uh, I talk to my mom every week, and I, I'm still going through that thing where, oh my gosh, it's Sunday. It's almost four. I should have. Oh, that's right. So this is kind of a weird one. A kind of a rough one. Not rough, but she had a wonderful life. She had a wonderful life. She passed super peacefully. If there's ever a way. 
you want to uh, make the transition. You want to go out like just peaceful, nice, resting in your sleep, zero pain, uh, all that good stuff. But Mother's Day, now this is where I this is where I get jaded about the Mother's Day. Uh, I don't like this holiday. I don't like it. I, I it's it's you know what it is. It's condescending. It's condescending. I could be wrong here, but like my little armchair historian aspect of it is, uh, it started in World War One. Started in World War One, and it was for all the mothers who had lost children uh, in the Great War, as they called it. And and that, and this is horrible of me, uh, but I, I believe it was a, a just a hunk of propaganda. For the U.S. government to say, here's how much we care. Look how much we care, you guys. Because what a lot of people don't realize is just how anti-war America was back then, before World War I. Because we had gone through the Civil War. A boatload of people died. I mean, Americans. That was the Civil War. That was just American versus American. Everybody. I mean, just death. Death was uh, was across the nation. No one was eager to get into World War One, uh, and especially uh, the the women's movement. There was there were they were pacifists. They wanted to get the vote. It was it was really jacked up. And I believe uh, Paul, you probably know this. Was it was it uh, was it Woodrow Wilson? Who was it back in the day? In he's, uh, the, one, he's the one that got us into World War One. Yeah, yeah, he was the guy who started, uh, like, it was a propaganda department. He made a deal. He realized that that the U.S. was going to have to get involved, that we were going to have to get involved in World War One. Sooner or later, it was going to happen. So he listened to his advisors. So then they, they realized that it was not going to be a popular war. No one was going to be behind them. So they needed to change hearts and minds. PBS, uh, uh, Ken Burns did a special on this, and it's it's terrifying. It's terrifying, but the government opened up a department of, of like war propaganda and they just began and they successfully changed the, the opinion of Americans when it came to world war one. And they were, they were tracking down, they had so vilified German people that they were dragging German Americans out of their homes in like Wisconsin and in New York. And they were lynching them. And, and like the New York Times is like, yay, another kraut dies. And it's just like horrifying, horrifying. And that's the power. The government could do it back then. Uh, and and if you think they stopped or you think they have, if you think they, well, why would you stop? So anyway, they, uh, that's the women got the right to vote out of that. Uh, a bunch of uh, women suffragettes went to jail and pacifists went to jail and so I think as a way for the U.S. government just to go, hey, we're still cool. We're going to give you this holiday. We're going to call it Mother's Day. So the whole thing is kind of tainted. Now, I'll say this in defense of myself. Yes, I, I totally celebrate motherhood. Is it easy? No. Am I happy that uh, that there are mothers? Yes. Do you need to be recognized for being a mom? Yeah. And you know what? That all that all that love goes gets tucked into your birthday, all that love gets tucked in to to, to Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever. Like having a, a day 
that is now what? Just a celebration of motherhood. And then, of course, then you have to have the answer holiday. Okay, so we got we got we got Mother's Day, which is a complete and total lie and hunk of dog crap as a holiday. And then, oh, now we have to have Father's Day. And yeah, I'm completely cynical about it. And then, oh, we got to have Children's Day. Every day is a day now. It all means if every day is a holiday, then no day is a holiday. And that's where we are. So will I be getting uh, some flowers for us, but yes, yes, I'll do the thing because I don't want to get a hassle with it. But just know this at its heart, it's propaganda. It's just, it, it's <laughs> propaganda and you should be afraid. What are you doing for mother's day, Paul? Um, I'll, I don't get cards anymore because you spend $5 or so. You can get yeah. cheaper and they look at it and Everybody who gets a card is like, well, how long do I have to look at this before I throw it away? So why are you wasting <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So yeah. get them a gift, but unless it's somebody at a distance who you don't see, don't waste money on a card. And seriously, like I know with me and 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 my mom, you know, I'm I'm across the country, she's at her home. It was like staying in contact with her and then like being her not well yeah a friend and we would talk about stuff and what's going on in the neighborhood and what's that guy doing and blah 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 being interested being interested in the person's life i think throughout the year is probably a little bit better than some crappy card that when you pull the tab it's like mama 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 you (laughs) mama mama just (laughs) stupid exactly okay so we we wrapped up mother's day uh, we we pulled the curtain back on that. I, I, I have this on my list. Yeah, we have time. We're going to do it. I just feel the need to say this. I love this. I, I like this this whole way we're doing the cast today. You guys, you guys, you guys. You know me. I'm a big uh, Lord of the Rings guy. I'm a big... I could We could do a whole show just about Tolkien. Uh, Game of Thrones. I like I like the fantasy... Authors who have completely built out the worlds, built out the universe, and all that good stuff. I like science fiction. You know, I like I like Dune. I like the science fiction literature. Uh, do androids dream of electronic sheep? I like the Philip K. Dick. I like the bang, 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 bang. I like good television. Stuff. Good. Oh my good lord! Stuff. I stumbled onto this show called The Expanse. Mm-hmm. I stumbled across it. I had heard it like somebody casually mentioned it on Twitter or something like years ago. And I was looking around for something to watch and uh, stumbled across the expanse on, on Amazon prime five seasons of this show, five seasons of it. And as a guy who writes television, you know, situation comedies, single camera comedies, blah, 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 blah. If you're doing 24 episodes, if you're doing 24 episodes a year, I guarantee at least one of those episodes is just going to be filler. You know, it's just like <laughs> it's just not going to be of the same quality. It's it, it's almost impossible to avoid. Avoid the expanse, and I don't want to jinx it because I'm a, I'm towards the end of season three now. But it's like it, you know when you're uh, when you're in a movie and you got your big thing of popcorn. And then you realize you're eating your popcorn too fast. You got to kind of slow down. You're like, wow, crap. I've eaten like half the popcorn in the movie. We're only 20 <laughs> minutes in. I got to start. I got to slow down. Or I'm going to be out of popcorn. That's how I am with The Expanse. I'm like, I got to. I can't. 
I can't, I don't want to do two episodes a night anymore. I'm not going to watch it every night. I don't want it to be over. I cannot recommend this show enough. I guess it started on the Sci-Fi Channel. If this would have been, if it would have started on Amazon Prime, or if it would have started on another streaming service, somebody with money, I don't know what. I don't think the sci. I don't think the Sci-Fi Channel spends a boatload of money on their projects. No, you know they so. If you could just make it a, a couple tweaks, and I don't, I, why, why am I criticizing the show <laughs> that I'm trying to elevate? But in those first couple, that, that, that first season, the first, if they would have had just a little bit more money in the budget and not been constrained by the language on cable, but to their credit, they pushed it. They pushed it. I'm telling you what, right now, Paul, there is not, I have not come across one filler episode. Good. Not, not one. Every episode moves the story forward. Every episode, not a cliffhanger, but you desperately want to watch the next one. The story is unfolding in such a way, and it's not taking any sharp left turns or any sharp. You're following the logical. It's like if you were in this reality. I'm so excited about it. If you were in this reality, that would probably be the next thing that would happen. And then you'd be concerned about that. You'd have to do this. Like, you don't see – here's what I hate. Here's what I hate about science fiction. And they, they would do it on Star Trek all the time. <laughs> I just hated it. You're on, you're, on a, you're on a mission. Even Star Trek The Next Generation, they would do it on every – single, every single iteration of Star Trek, they would do the same thing. Now, supposedly, these are people who went to Starfleet Academy, and they have trained for these missions, and they're going to meet unknown aliens. They're going to encounter – things they've never encountered before. My God, Paul, they've trained for this for years. So then you have an episode of Star Trek where some <laughs> character will be going, uh, they'll be walking back to their their uh, their quarters, you know, from their long day on the bridge. They're walking back to their quarters and some apparition will uh, appear in the hallway and start talking craziness. And then they'll have this horrified look on their face and then the <laughs> captain will come by and go, hey, uh, Deanna, are you okay? And she'll go, I'm fine, just a little tired. Like, what the, what the, <laughs> what are you talking about? No, Jesus Christ, you trained for this. In what reality, in what reality, if you're on the Starship Enterprise and some weird crap just comes floating through a wall, do you not go immediately to your friend and go, hey, there's some weird shit on, uh, on level four? <laughs> like, but they would do it to stretch out the episodes. The Expanse doesn't do any of that. Everybody stays true to their character, and 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 the characters are interesting, and you're learning more about them. And it's just, oh my goodness, have you seen it? I have not. But we did write a post about it, or you wrote a post about it at theloftersparty.com. That was in season two. I was into season two, and I'm like, holy crap, you got to watch this. It's fantastic. It's it's. Uh, Maybe you won't. Maybe it's not your cup of tea if you're not into science fiction. But I would, I would say, even if you're not into science fiction, you're gonna dig it. You're gonna dig it. Um, so Excellent. anyway, sounds fun. Yeah. All right. So let's get into a little bit of what is on the web. I want to know what's 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 standing out for you. 
Well, we have to start off with Meme Roundup, the Bidens Among the Lilliputians by Cranky Gordon. And that, of course, involves the famous, the now famous photograph <laughs> taken of the Bidens weirdly kneeling next to the really, really tiny Carters. What do you think about that? Uh, it was, uh, I mean, old people shrink. We all know <laughs> old people shrink. But there was that odd effect where you know who they, they how they do like in, in the movies the hobbit you know they do that thing called force perspective yep so you'll have a character in the background and interacting with someone who's a lot closer to the camera and it looks like one person's big and one person's small there was a little bit of that going on uh it, it, it felt like like because it seemed like the bidens were closer to the camera so they looked a little bit bigger and the carters were being you know sucked up by their giant old people chairs there was a lot of good memes that came out of that and a big shout out <laughs> to cranky gordon because yep. his was that guy's that guy struck comedy gold he put and you guys probably saw this you know so you got you got uh you know jill biden and joe on either side and jimmy and rosalind and they look tiny and silly and then cranky put uh jeff dunham and uh and either Walter or Peanut, like right in the middle. It was hilarious. It was hilarious. <laughs> and those keep coming. Those keep coming. Cranky should add to that. Someone posted the meme. Uh, I think it came out yesterday because the jobs report was uh, the the jobs report came out, and everybody thought it was going to be really big, and it was really disappointing. So somebody took the picture of Rosalind Carter looking a little seriously teeny tiny and then Biden's huge sitting next to her. And on Biden, it says the projected jobs report and <laughs> on teeny tiny Rosalind, it says the actual jobs report. I love the internet. That kind of stuff <laughs> makes me laugh. That kind of stuff makes me laugh. Okay. What is next? You, you, you have the con, Mr. Hare. You've got the con, Mr. Hare. Well, we, we did a lot of serious stuff to start, so I'm going all fun stuff now. Creating I a like noir hero verse for the big screen by Lisa. I'm sure you got a chance to look at that. Did any of the particular movies that she pointed out, the particular properties that she pointed out, stand out to you as one that you really hold, like? Hold the phone. What was this one called? Creating it's a pulp and noir hero verse for the big screen. So she's looking at stuff that was kind of set back in the the thirties and forties, like the shadow or the rocketeer. Mm. stuff. Like that. Okay. And, and we got to hey, talk about, we got to talk about the titles of these. Uh, we might, we might have to have a little discussion about how we title things, but yes, I have very, uh, it's a little game that I would play. Uh, and a couple writing staffs, you would do it when you have downtime uh, what movie needs to be raped? What's the best remake that hasn't been done yet? Mm, okay. And, oh my gosh, it's a fun game. It's a super fun game. And um, uh, what, what mine was always uh, the one. Oh my gosh, what's the, the the kid? He grows up in a trailer park and he's playing the space arcade game. Uh, That's the, the last one where, the yeah, last the, Starfighter. Last Starfighter. Yep. Yeah, I'm like I you. I don't know how they're not remaking the last Starfighter with today's technology. That's such that's just such a no-brainer. I can't believe they're not doing it. Logan's Run. Oh my god, Logan's Run right now, especially uh because of the Wuhan and people living in domes that if you go outside you'll die and you find <laughs> out that's a lie. And Peter Ustinov is out there with a bunch of cats. 
Uh, great one. So that's how that's the spirit in which I took uh, Lisa's. And a long time ago, uh, when when superhero movies were first kind of coming back around, they made uh, The Shadow with Alec Baldwin. Yep. And they just it was just close, but no cigar. I think they need to remake that one. And this is kind of heresy, but well, maybe not maybe not heretical. Uh, the Rocketeer. I just have a fondness in my heart for the Rocketeer. I have a special, I haven't looked at that movie in a long time. There's, there's a reason it wasn't a huge hit. And I don't, I don't, I would love to look at the numbers. I'd like to, if, if you're ever interested in this kind of stuff, you guys, you can go to a website called box office mojo, box office mojo. You can go back, you can search a movie title. They'll tell you the budget, what it made domestically, what it made internationally and what the total box office was. Cause there's a lot of movies out there that we just think, Oh, that was a, that was a dud. That was a dud. And no, no, it wasn't, it wasn't a big as uh, a dud as you think, but like, uh, I would, I would like to see, I would like to see a remake of the rocketeer. Sorry. Use the same <laughs> costumes. The costume was so cool, but yeah. And then definitely remake the shadow and definitely, uh, the last starfighter. I think yep. that one you'd make you would make a ton of money off that. The Phantom was another movie that she had in her post too. It was close. There was there's certain elements that are really good, and there's certain elements that probably would need improvement or do need improvement. But oh was- yeah, yeah. Uh, the the Phantom to me was always, and I think you and I talked about this on a previous podcast. I always loved that property. As I was a little kid, I would read that in the Sunday comics, and I just thought it was so cool. The Phantom, you got to take that one seriously. That the problem with the Phantom. Too many winks, too many jokes, too many nods to the camera. You get silly with it. You go, people, the movie executives are like, ooh, the comedy. The people love the comedy. Ooh, look at this. People love Superman, but they really like the comedy. Let's add more jokes to the next one. And Phantom <laughs> just, it's what they always do. You can set, you can set your clock by it. Comedy Someone say Batman and Robin? <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Look what they did to Star Wars. If if you look at uh, the, the the Star Wars movies, the remakes with J.J. Uh, Abrams, uh-oh, here comes the comedy. Here comes the comedy from the very opening line. Like when, when – oh, don't get me started. Do I go first or do you go first? I've never done this before. Are you going to interrogate me or am I interrogating – okay, so now we're joking in Star Wars. Sorry, guys. It's a different property. This isn't a Marvel movie. Okay, <laughs> moving on. So we got to get this one. This is one I wrote, and I thought it was really neat, and I think other people will like it once they find uh, you find it. Circus Convoy is a brand-new Atari 2600 game, and you might be thinking, uh, that has to be a misprint because the Atari 2600 became obsolete by the late 1980s. But it's not a misprint. People are actually still creating new Atari 2600 video games. Okay. What do you think about that? Oh, that's going to be our teaser right there because i got a story that dovetails right with that we're gonna. Ooh, this is, this is a. It's almost cruel. I feel like it's a PBS fun drive. This, this level of cruelty to go to a break. We're gonna take a break, and we're gonna come back. We're gonna talk about this new Atari game, and then I got a little something, something for you. Okay, excellent. Right back.
Tired of paying outrageous prices for Viagra? Well, we have great news for you. Now you can finally get Viagra at huge discounts. Healthy Man allows you to save up to $500 on Viagra. Why pay U.S. pharmacy prices of $15 per pill or more when you can get Viagra for less than $3 a pill? Call today and get 40 Viagra pills for only $99. This can cost as much as $600 at your local pharmacy. You can't afford not to call us. If you want Viagra at the lowest prices, never pay $15 a pill pharmacy prices again. Get Viagra for less than $3 a pill. Call 1-800-516-7602 today and save up to $500 and get 40 pills for just $99. Healthy Man is fast, easy, and affordable. Operators are waiting at 1-800-516-7602 to take your call right now. Call 1-800-516-7602. That's 1-800-516-7602. Again, 1-800-516-7602. Okay, we're back. As promised, we're jumping right in with there's a new game for the Atari 2600. Paul wrote a thing about it. Oh, it's called Circus Convoy. Uh, it looks like your classic side, uh, side-to-side scroller. It is. Side-scroller, as the kids call it, it. And it's, you know, if you grew up or if you were alive during the time when the Atari 2600 was popular, it takes you right back there. So there's a huge nostalgia factor there. Um, yes. You know, if people, you know, millennials or younger probably have no interest in it because the graphics obviously don't compete and with what's out today. But if you look back on that, if you ever play the Atari, that's going to take you right back to when you get a new Atari game. And based on the trailer they have for it, then somebody did a review for it already. It's probably it's probably one of the better Atari games that have ever made. They took full advantage of what limited power the Atari has to offer. And they made it a side scroller and their side quests, and it looks like it could be a lot of fun. I'm just amazed that there's somebody who's still producing. And the guys, the leads that did produce it, they worked on some of the original Atari games like Pitfall and, and Keystone Capers. So, oh wow, I thought it looks like amazing amount of fun. And the thing that I really like about what about this, what I wrote about it, of course I wrote it, is it's not just that it's you know it's an entertainment focused post, but it's not just that. Where else are you going to see? Did you see Circus Convoy covered by anybody, whether conservative outlets or mainstream outlets? I didn't see it anywhere else. As far as I know, we're the only ones that really covered that. Paul, I'm telling you right now, in all sincerity, there is a pot of gold at the end of this rainbow. There are very few. You're going to be, and, and I've, 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 I'm a little, not upset, but like my brain is full of a lot of goofy information. This is a growing community. Not necessarily Atari 2600 exactly but these like uh what like 16 bits what are those 16 bits i don't even know if they're that much they they might be but i don't know there is a growing online community of people young people young people that's how old i am they make (laughs) these games uh they're the the classic side scrollers like atari and and those they're also top down top-down games like uh you know like galaga is that's the that's the perspective that you had right it's and it's a lot of like high school kids college kids that get together and they make these games and some of them are just so insane and quirky and 
and just a boatload of fun. I know people that go out of their ways to to get these. You can get them. Uh, you can get them for free. I'll do a little bit more research and I'll 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 pass it along to you. But this there is a growing community of people that just make these games because they're fun. And and um, oh my gosh, what is the? Have you ever heard of a, a game? I reviewed it. A long, long time ago, I think in like phase two of the LoftusParty.com, called the Kerbal Space Program. Do you remember? Kerbal Space Program. Is that a video game? Oh, yeah. Now, the okay. Kerbal Space Program, uh, much better graphics than than uh, the this, this circus game that you reviewed. However, it was, uh, I think the guy's Brazilian. A dude in Brazil made it with his buddies. Independent game. But it uses real-world physics. Now, what you can do is you go, I want to use this Atlas rocket. Or I want to use this rocket from the Gemini program. Ooh, but I want to use the wings from this space. So you have all the materials. The mathematics are real. You just bypass the, the insane time it would take to build it. So you have these little green men called Kerbals. Then you it's their space program. And <laughs> you're, try, you're trying to get into orbit. You're trying to get to the moon. You're trying to build a space station. It's good. It's silly. And it's fun. But all of the physics and the mathematics work and are completely accurate. So like and, a flight, like Microsoft's flight simulator. Yes. Where you're really flying an actual aircraft. Yes, yes, in a it's a super fun way, and I tell you, uh, I know a couple of dudes uh, <laughs> that like it. It got them, it got them excited. If you're looking to like get a kid excited about um, like mathematics and how like problem solving, and I was never over the top because like it's like when you're a kid learning algebra and geometry, you're like, well, I'm never going to use this. I'm never going to use this. But like when you're doing the Kerbal space program, you're like, well, why do, why don't you think you made it into orbit? Uh, the trajectory needs to be more like this. And the, it's, it's fantastic. Like the accidental learning of it all. Okay. I have a video game one, uh, that I have to give a shout out to. And then, then I'll, I'll give you back the con resident evil village. <laughs> Barney Mod is hilariously terrifying. Okay, if you're a PC gamer, you know about mods. You just you, it modifies the environment. You can get in and you can change the code for the appearance or the behavior of whatever you want in the reality. Some games used to fight it. They fought it, fought it, fought it really hard. But now they're steering into the curve. <laughs> and and Resident Evil Village Resident Evil is one of those games where, you know, you're alone, you're in, you're like in a castle kind of environment, you're trying to find, you know, whoever, whatever, it's one of those things, that, that, that crap doesn't matter. There's weapons that you pick up, there's like zombies and monsters, it's, it's one of those games. Somebody got in there and modified it to where all the bad guys, all the zombies and the monsters look like Barney. Now, when I say look like Barney... <laughs> Bitches, I mean, it's Barney, the dinosaur. <laughs> I love you, you love me. I died laughing. In the clip that I posted, you're you're in this super dark, scary environment. And you got, you know, it's a first person shooter and you got your gun out and you hear like, <laughs> like some, something is chewing on something like classic zombie sound effects. And it's they freaking... just keep coming, yep. 
It's Barney the dinosaur. And then there's another one, and you're trying to put him down with headshots. And oh man, he just oh. keeps coming. But no matter how many times this guy shoots him in the video, they just keep it's coming. A, well, this guy's going for uh, for center mass. He's going center mass. You got to go headshots in these zombie <laughs> games. But it was just hilarious. It was just hilarious to me. Okay, <laughs> just take. You don't have to buy the game or anything. Just look at that video, and it's just satisfying as all hell. Yep. All look right. For the I, Res- I give Resident the, the, Evil Village. Barney Mod is hilariously terrifying on the Loftus party. What else we got, baby? I got this is slightly a little bit more serious, but not really. I just had to jump into my Gen X post I wrote because I've been doing that stuff with the website. Nobody talks about Gen X, so I figured I'd fill that void. And I wrote Gen X, the oddity of bossy subordinates. And what I've noticed, and I guess it started in the late 2010s, is where you'd start getting employers uh, or employees and subordinates who would yell at their bosses. And they'd even do it on social media or they'd put their letter they wrote to their boss on social media saying, here's the changes you need to make. And I'm thinking... Okay, that's funny. These guys are going to be fired right away. But that's not what happened. All of a sudden, like in the late 2010s, bosses started to let their subordinates boss them around. And it just blows my mind that that's happened. And I don't get why that's going on. Like now now all the employees get together. You've got to cancel Joe Rogan or you can't allow this guy to write a book. And it amazes me that these people aren't summarily fired. What do you think about that? It's common. It's common because it's it's not effective. It's such a big time waster and that that will become effective i have to admit a couple of stories i went to school uh with a girl who quit her first two jobs because her boss didn't listen to her (laughs) and i I, i'm like and it would be i'm not gonna name names with this but i was always like she would tell me these stories and she would look at me like aren't you on she would look at me like i was supposed to have empathy for her and and (laughs) It, on the inside, I'm like, did you did you seriously expect? Like, you just started a job. You haven't been there two weeks, and you're telling your boss how they're making mistakes and and how they should redo their business model. Like, the, you, you see that in a movie. It's like a romantic notion, right? There, once a million years ago, there was a movie called uh, Mr. Mom with Michael Keaton. And he gets fired, and his wife, Terry Gar, has to – she goes, she gets a job with an advertising agency, and she tells the owner of the tuna company, here's what you should do. And, oh, my gosh, you're, you're right. I should do that. <laughs> it's a romantic notion. Very, very rarely does it happen in real life where you go to the – oh, it's, there's a working, uh, working girl. It was the same thing. It's like, it's like, a, it's like erotic fiction for women. <laughs> <laughs> this is almost always women, and I think they just get a good that. Ooh, I'm gonna go in there, and I'm gonna be like Melanie Griffith, and I'm gonna. It's, dude, it's such a time suck. Like, unless you want to set aside a specific moment, if your boss is so cool, it's like you know we're gonna do on Fridays. We're gonna still get off, get out of here at five o'clock, but at four thirty, we're all gonna get together, and if you have suggestions for the way we can improve things. I will hear you out. That would be time efficient. But everybody seems to do it at, at just all, just whenever they flip and want now. And it's just, it's not good for business. Here's a funny one. I wrote on a uh, single camera comedy uh, for NBC years ago. And it was, it, it took place in India. <laughs> <laughs> and we had a lot of uh, Pan-Asian people on on the the writing staff it was 
great people, wonderful, talented, good writers, you know? And I learned a lot about Indian culture, and you, 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 you needed that. If you're writing a show that's set in India, okay, so this one girl, and I'm, I, won't, I won't name her, uh, but she knows who she knows. She's going to know who I'm talking about, and, and I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of hers, and I think she's a wonderful and delightful human being. She had never been in the sitcom world before. There is a hierarchy in the writer's room. There is the head writer, then you have the producers, then you've got the story editors and the staff writers. That's how it goes. When the head writer's talking, shut up. <laughs> okay? And then, it, and then usually the head writer will look for solutions and his eyes or her eyes will immediately go towards, you know, the executive producers who have a little bit more experience in the field. And then you work your way down. There's a pecking order. This girl, and it was, it was delightful. We'd be talking about stories and blah, 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 blah. And she would just vehemently. Uh, disagree and was so opinionated and telling like s executive producers and the head writer you're wrong you're wrong here's what we should do and like just with such with such swagger <laughs> and then like immediately being in a couple I wasn't I wasn't a producer on this I think I was like a executive story editor I was like midway up the pecking order and I'm going to these guys that I worked with before who had been around the block and they were fantastic and I'm like I don't know we gotta we gotta talk to her I want and I'm like we're thinking is this like a like is this how business is done in India what's the, what's going on <laughs> and so we talked she had worked um she had worked at Apple and that's where it was because, I, I, you know, we pulled her aside and we go, hey, uh, this is not kind of cool what you're doing. And, I, you know, I think I want you to have a long career in this business and everything just so you know. And like and she was horrified and shocked. <laughs> but like her first job out of college was was working at Apple. And at Apple, they're like every idea has merit. Everybody speak up. There are no bosses. Everyone's equal. And I'm just like, I, I couldn't, how, I don't know how Apple runs as a company or if they're still doing that. But like somebody on their first day could just walk up to Steve Jobs and go, hey, listen, dickhead, you're doing that wrong. <laughs> like, I just, and it was, it's, it's to me, it seems like insanity, but. Uh, Pretty amazing. It is amazing. It is amazing. Okay. What else you got, buddy? Well, speaking of amazing, I'm going to mention the one is impossible to cosplay characters. Not so fast. These are amazing. But we also had how Jessica Negri made her Mandalorian costume. And we can talk a little bit about that. Then I don't know. I can talk about how I I don't I don't do cosplay, but I do my own artwork. And I kind of get into something where you have to use uh, your own skills. But let's talk about the cosplay first. So go ahead about that. I'm going to I'm going to get into it a little bit. I'm going to get into a little bit of. Jessica Negri. I'm here's what I dig. Here's what I dig. First of all, on her on her YouTube channel because she's she's gorgeous. Uh, I, I love the fact that she's got a, a YouTube video that says, "We all know why you're here, so let's just get out of the way." Like so, it's just that I just yeah, I'm delighted by. But the major the vast majority of her uh, of her posts is how I did this, how I made this, and that. And I'm I'm telling you, it's what I really respect. I posted a thing, uh, a dude who made an Iron Man costume on his 3D printer, and I, that that blew me away. So when someone makes these costumes, I, I'm I'm incredibly incredibly Im, impressed by it. Just like 
There is no map. There is no set plans. Yeah, you could go out and get a Halloween costume and a replica, but that's cheating. That's cheating. You have to make it on your own. And and it's funny, but as as I'm talking about it, I figured out why it is. When I was a kid, there were no, like, Star Wars models yet. Everything was like, ooh, coming soon, you'll be able to build this model. And I I built uh, a model of a, of a Star Destroyer when I was a kid. I'm like, how this, this has to be easy. It's just like a big, giant, flying triangle. And so, you, <laughs> right? So I, I made one out of cardboard, and then I painted it, and it, it collapsed under the weight of the paint. So I'm like, oh, crap, how do I solve that problem? Oh, I'm going to have to put little wedges in there to hold it up, or I'm going to have to use thicker cardboard. So I went through like three different iterations of, oh, this will be easy, until by the third one, I had, it was pretty damn cool. It was pretty damn cool. So I always have a lot of respect for uh, the cosplay people, the people who who create something out of nothing, where there was nothing before, they figure it out, they problem solve, they make the thing, and then, my God, she's also like the cosplay ladies. I'm I'm sorry, it's super hot. It was just like uh, May the Fourth, and so there was a lot of like quality cosplay going on. <laughs> there was a lot of like high quality hotness going on. And here, but here's what I need to learn, and this is what. I just have to bear down and I need to learn how to do uh Photoshop. I need to learn how to edit. If I could, I do all the videos and stuff on my phone. I do the thumbnails for the YouTube channel on my phone. And I have a program, a little app that I use that supposedly can remove the background and you can replace the background and blah, 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 blah. And I can really up my thumbnail game. <laughs> but I just every every time I try, I reach a a level of I can't get this thing to do what I want, and then you got to press help, and then the frequently asked questions, and then it's just so difficult that I'm like, ah, screw it, I'm gonna keep it on my just doing what I'm doing. But just with basic editing skills, like with uh, you know, I, I don't even know what like a basic good piece of editing software is. If I could, if I could learn that, oh my lord, oh my lord, the funniness I could create. That software is expensive, but you do Photoshop, right? You do well, right? That's what I was going to ask you. What do you think of the the image I sent you? It looks looks like an illustration. It's just a sample. But what do you think about that? I thought it was great. And my first question was, "Wow, can you do backgrounds?" <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> You but, took a but, picture that was like you, right? That was like you. That's and right. That's me. I'm always hesitant to use me as a model for a variety of reasons, but I, you know, got a mask on and everything, so nobody sees it. But I used me as a model. Just took it. I didn't even put myself against a, you know, a solid black background like they like to do, green or blue. But then I just used I used Photoshop Elements, which is a cheaper version of Photoshop, and it's also like 15 years old as well. And yeah. then I remove, remove the background, and then I, I do some additional editing on it and i ultimately uh run it through some filters to make it look like an illustration and it comes out pretty quality i thought yeah there is and i'm i'm very very do you remember that movie with uh keanu reeves where they they put it through a process and it, it was supposed to look like it was animated but it what really was it wasn't through a scanner darkly and it had yeah County jr in it before he was iron man or maybe after. yeah um, yeah through a scanner dark they have gotten 
so far, it's too funny, This, but this harkens back to our conversation about The Last Starfighter and how it should be remade with today's... The the technology that they used for that through a scanner darkly, it, it, that's now just like, you can just download that for your phone. That's an app. Who was it? There was a, there's a girl who will occasionally post at a Loftus party, super, super busy. Uh, and I should actually shoot her a, a, a direct a DM and let her know that, you know... She's when she has the time. Kim Dixon. And I remember one time I posted a picture of my dog to the uh, to the Instagram, you know, <laughs> as people do. And she turned that into almost almost a cartoon, but it looked more like a comic book. And I'm like, how did you do that? She's like, oh, I just ran it through this bing, bing, bing filter. And it's like the the possibilities. I, I'm almost worried, like if I learned how to do that. Like <laughs> take up some time if you learn how to do yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. It's like a million years ago, I was doing a comedy club in uh, uh, the the mall of America up there. And I'd never been to the mall of America, but there was a comedy club, yada, yada, yada. And like, so one day I'm just walking around the mall and I found this huge uh, game store, whatever. It was like before GameStop or my, whatever. So I go in there and I'm like, ooh, I just got a new laptop. I should start looking into because I used to love uh, playing the desktop computer games. There were some great games out there. And I uh, there was this girl working behind the counter. Total like if you had if you had to create a nerd for <laughs> a, a TV show or a movie, this she that she would be it. She was it. She was the stereotype just a very cool chick. And I'm like, I'm thinking about getting a video game. I want to play something. I'm on the road and blah, blah, blah. I'm a comedian. And I'm thinking about World of Warcraft because I'm hearing a lot of good things. And she just goes, I'm going to tell you right now. World of Warcraft is the crack cocaine of gaming. Once <laughs> you get in, you won't be able to get out. It's completely addictive. She goes, I went in there with my eyes wide open. I knew it was going to be bad and I was prepared to pump the brakes. I'm in over my head. I'm like, <laughs> literally, I'm counting the minutes till the end of my shift because I have to meet it with my group because we're doing this mission and blah, 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 blah. So I steered, I steered <laughs> away from that because I just know how my personality is. And I have that same feeling of like, ooh, if I start learning how to edit and it would be, it would be so exciting. It would be a game changer because if you look at guys like, um, oh, who's that guy? Carpe Donctum? Uh, yes. They had to get rid of him. They had to get him. <laughs> off of Twitter because that dude was just too effective with the yep. stuff that he creates. And then there's these guys that I know who are just phenomenal. You give them, you give them like a, a, a Sony video camera that can shoot in HD. They have a, a couple of lights. They have a little green screen that they can unfold and they know how to light the green screen is right. the big key. Yep. And they can put you in any reality. They can put you in any reality, and it is photo real. It's crazy. They've done some stuff with uh, with Kevin James, and I've been there for the process. Kevin does these. Uh, uh, he's working on a movie now, but he used to do this this thing, the sound guy, and they would. So he would be like the guy, the boom operator, holding yep. the boom, and you know, accidentally getting into the scene. Dude, they put him into Star Wars. And I'm there 
when they're shooting it. So like I'm like, wow, that's a tiny green screen. It's it seemed to, it seemed just a little bit bigger than the kind that you would put in your windshield. You know those 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 sun reflectors. It's about yep. that size. And and man, he's standing there. He's dressed in his costume. He's holding the boom. And they get the footage and they change this and they get it from another angle and they're like, okay, we're good. And the next thing you know, they're putting him on the Death Star, <laughs> like watching Luke and Darth Vader go at it. And it's it's amazing. I, yeah. So I'm hesitant, but maybe that's just my huge rationalization. I really would love to learn how to edit on my laptop. Okay. We're going to do one more. And then we're gonna uh, bounce over to the to the Patreon, where where for a limited time, uh, not only do you get the extra segments, you're also gonna get uh, you're gonna get Paul's book for a little while, uh, Thor versus the Valkyries. So one more story, and then we'll we'll bounce over to Patreon. Okay, because I'm gonna challenge you on this one because this is one you wrote, and I'm gonna have to get your thoughts on this and really challenge. It's one you wrote is just get on the Billy. I guess it's Eilish bandwagon now. Trust yes. me. And when I read that, my thought is really. Really? Are you really saying that? Why do you say that? Okay. Did you watch any of the videos? Did you That's, listen to I, any? I've heard her music, and I was never a, a you know, huge fan of her music, but I haven't, I haven't, I have not heard everything that she's done. Okay. I haven't heard everything either. I've listened to a handful of songs, and when she first came out on the scene, I can I can remember where I was and you know driving down the road and here's a song by ba 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 Billy Eilish and I was like mm, not so much mm, not so much. I think it was her song like Bad Boy or something it was just yeah it, eh, I wasn't impressed however she's not have she did not have the sophomore slump she has just blown right by it she and her brother write all the material and here's what I like about it. There is, there's no auto tune. The, the, the production isn't over the top. All the, the music, it hasn't been compressed. It's not, it is. And of course I'm going to, I'm going to blow it up too big here and people are going to be turned off by it. Her voice is amazing to me. To me, it's like a 1930s, like sultry, like the the private detective would walk into the club and who's the dame singing? <laughs> and she would have a voice like Billie Eilish. I just, for something, to, it's to me, it's just like, it's so, uh, I don't want to say smoky, but there's like, there's like a tonal quality to it. I just find incredibly attractive and sexy. I love the melodies that she picks out. I like the way her voice goes, not all over the place. She has a, she's got a great range. The songs, a lot of people say, and you'd be probably surprised to hear this, that melody is dead. Melody is dead, and it's all about rhythm now. Like, as hip-hop grows and grows and grows in popularity, a lot of people in music are just saying, yeah, melody doesn't matter. It still matters to, to Billie Eilish and her brother Phineas. And sure she's young and naive but that's wonderful that's what you're supposed to do when you're making uh music you know it, it's hard to when's the last time somebody over 40 dropped an album that got you excited like oh now they're really going to say something like you're supposed to be you're supposed to be young and naive and 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 romantic and see the world through rose colored glasses and you're supposed to have your heart just broken you know, and then you write about that heartbreak, and it's it's the end of the world, dude. 
when you get your heart broken when you're uh, 24 years old, what the heck? That's how is the universe still here? Yep. Yeah. It's, I know what you mean. Yeah. it's very to me. Uh, it's 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 haunting. It's melodic, and it's I'm just it's what I want music to still be like. Not all music. Listen. Do I hop in my car and I go, "Ooh, I got to crank up that new Billie Eilish album? No, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm all over the board. I'm a, Sonically, I'm all over the board. But I'm not going I'm, I'm, to, I cannot be anti-Billie Eilish. She says stuff that is just, you know, I don't, I don't agree with. But like, if it was my little sister, I'd be like, hey, hey, hey. Okay, so you really mean... <laughs> I'm not going to get, I I can't get mad at her. I can't get mad at her for being uh, a little, a little naive or, or a lot naive, but I can do this. I can, I can seriously enjoy her music. And there's, there's one song in particular that uh, I think is really good. And I'll, I'll advise everybody to listen. She does, she do a song called everything I wanted. And I don't know if this is on her second album or a third album, but it's like this, I got, I She's saying, I got everything I wanted, and it's not turning out the way I thought it was going to turn out. Ah, and, so she's starting to learn a little bit about life, huh? Yeah, yeah, which is interesting, you know? Uh, and it's, it's once again, it's kind of haunting, but it's melodic, and it's sultry, and it's, there's a, I don't know, it's, it's turning into like the Billie Eilish hour, but like, there's a strength, <laughs> there's a vulnerability. I love that she's, she doesn't look like she's not like a classic beauty yet she's beautiful and she's it's oh my goodness and check out the picture of her uh, on uh, in vogue uh the the uk's edition of like because billy eilish she's got the green hair with the black tips and she's wearing sweatshirts and baggy pants and you're just like okay whatever well i love the fact that she did this uh photo shoot for uh, vogue in the uk and dude it's like they cranked it up. And she's just she could be she can be stunningly gorgeous if she so chooses. She's she's a kid finding her way in the world and she and her brother, and I can't say that enough. She it's her and her brother, her brother, her brother, her brother. Uh they write everything, they produce everything, and the product you cannot argue with. So okay, here's what we're gonna do. Uh we're gonna take a little break. Well, it's the end of this. But you guys are smart. You're going to go over to Patreon because you want you want the extra stuff. We're going to be talking uh, some more of what's on the web. We're going to be talking a little bit about this Chinese rocket that's going to come crashing down. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, Elon Musk on the old SNL and, yes. and the fallout from that. Oh, and uh, you guys, I'm still looking for the name of the tour. Still looking for the name of the tour. The dates are coming in. It's going Excellent. to start. It's going to start in August. Good. Uh, and then I have to look at my, cause we're recording this on Saturday because, uh, mother's day is right around the corner. Okay. So this will be my only time to mention this. So I'm, I'm glad I'm glad cause next Saturday is the 15th. Next Saturday is the 15th and there is going to be a big bike rally. We are, uh, a, a friend of mine, uh, is uh, has got this place on Long Island called uh, the America First Warehouse. And if you go to, uh, I believe he has a, uh, the website, 
I got to put them to put it on the flyer. Uh, but look into the the America America the America First Warehouse dot com. There's going to be a big bike ride. We're going to go from uh, Ronkonkoma out here on Long Island out to the the lighthouse on Fire Island. Come back to the warehouse. This warehouse is decked out. It is it's 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 wonderful insanity. I'm going to put some pictures up uh, before too long. You pay one price. You got you come in. We're going to have a priest. He's going to bless the bikes. We'll go on the ride. We'll come back. There's going to be a band. There's going to be an artist. This guy's an incredible painter. He's going to be painting live. He's had his stuff. Uh, his stuff hangs at at Mar-a-Lago. His stuff hangs at really. Uh, his name is uh, David. Uh, Banagas, B-A-N-E-G-A-S, if you want to see some of his artwork. I'm going to do some stand-up. There's going to be, we're going to roast a couple of pigs. There's going to be other food. There's going to be food trucks. It's going to be huge. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like not just a little bit of fun. It sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, and we're going to raise money, and the money is going to go to uh, support America first candidates. We are putting our, we're, we're just, we're not just talking about it. We're doing stuff, but we're going to raise money and we're going to support candidates, candidates who now have to have it at the top of their list to go after Facebook. Cause they, they better. That's that right. Is how <laughs> I roll. That's a yes. lovely, lovely little bookend. So that is uh, May the 15th <laughs> out here on long Island. Go to, uh, the America first warehouse.com. Uh, if you want to ride a bike, uh, motorcycle and do the ride, I don't ride. I, I don't have my license. So I'll just be, uh, hanging out and chowing down and try not to be in a food coma for, I, for when I tell jokes, <laughs> but all the money, we're going to go to, uh, support America first candidates. And we're, uh, we're going to have a blast and we're going to make some change. That's what, that's what we're all about. So, Come over to Patreon and listen to the rest of the show over there. I love you, you sexaheathens. Hey.